So okay, so so for the so for the students to kind of find out more about what you do, then go to um, did you say mesor.com? Mesor.com, that's correct. Um, also, we can you can find us on the Instagram page, uh, and we also have a, a Facebook page, which isn't as uh, active as the Instagram page, but um, yeah. So primarily, we do pre-recorded videos like yourself, uh, but occasionally we do do the live videos. Mm. You know, it, it doesn't happen um, all the time, but occasionally we do do them and. Um, Anytime we do these live sessions, they will last, last from anywhere between two to three weeks. Um, pretty intensive, uh, I'll be honest, you know, sometimes, like I said, some, some lessons can last up to two hours. Um, but this time I run it, inshallah, when I run it at the end of the month, beginning of next, it's gonna be maybe like three to four days a week because I found I need to have that resting period in order for me to give the, the best possible version of myself whilst uh, teaching. Mm. You know. So um, there's just a couple more things that I want to ask you about, inshallah, before I, before I let you go. Um, sure. and, by the, and by the way, in the future, inshallah, I'd love to have you back. With this being a daily show, it's very helpful for me to kind of um, have guests back, inshallah, and uh, you know, we, sure. can, we can dis discuss anything, inshallah. But um, I, I wanted to ask you about um, sort of the comparison of actually practicing Islam here compared to in Saudi Arabia and why you are settled here? Because it seems like you are settled here, is it? Is it mostly because of, once your children get into school, that's, um, that's game over for a lot of people. Is that the case with yourself? Um, all right, are you talking about when I moved back to uh, the UK? How, how did I settle back in? Yes. I mean, before moving back, like I said, uh, I didn't want to move back, I wanted to stay. Um, primarily why we ended up coming back uh, is because my second child, my second daughter was born with Down syndrome and we didn't feel that there was adequate support in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia for a child that has special needs. There was support but it pales in comparison to what we could potentially get in the UK so I felt that it would be a bit of um, a disadvantage. We would, we would uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? We would be putting our daughter at a disadvantage in life. That's what I personally uh, feel. Yes, I may have benefited religiously, even from a financial perspective, because you know, it, before, in those days it was tax-free. My wife might have benefited religiously and uh, from a financial perspective as well, because um, we're both qualified teachers by trade, CELTA teachers, English teachers, and she's also a business teacher. Yes, my other children may have become fluent in the Arabic language, and who knows, maybe they might have been father of Quran at this stage now. But at the same time, when you're faced with having to make a decision that can have detrimental effects on one particular child, you can't focus on all of them. You have to look at what's best for everybody. And that's the decision that we made. I mean, for the vast majority of my time in Saudi Arabia, my daughter Ruqayya, who's born with Down syndrome, she wasn't with us. And that in and of itself was tremendously uh, testing. So um, by the time I graduated now, I was like, khalas, you know, I've done my time, it's time to go back home. And I was absolutely petrified because I felt like I was going home to a place I didn't recognize anymore because I've lived in Saudi Arabia for so long. Um, I was terrified because at that stage it was it was like um, I was hearing a lot of information about the new uh, curriculum that they want to introduce into the, the, the primary schools as it relates to the LGBT 
whatever the, the, the initials are. Um, and I was like, you know, how can this be? Like, I can't, how can I go from Saudi Arabia to my, my daughter learning that it's okay for a man and a man to be together, a woman and a woman to be together? I was petrified. However, admittedly, once my, because my wife had to leave before I had to leave because I had to, had some ijra'at, yani some, mission, some missions to uh, complete before I had to actually uh, got to leave. Uh, but it wasn't as bad as I thought. It wasn't as bad as I thought by no stretch of the imagination. Well, at the very least, at the school that my children uh, were attending. Um, in addition to that, one of the struggles that I had before I could even feel settled was my eldest daughter, Maryam. She was going to an Arabic and Quran school. And alhamdulillah, her progress grew exponentially, as you probably can imagine, because she was a young uh, girl just soaking up the information like a sponge. Poems and Anashid, Halal Anashid reading Quran and you could see like if she stayed on this path mashallah the sky was the limit so when she got back to the UK and she eventually went to a school we realized how far behind she was academically and that was really really heartbreaking because now the waswas of the shaitan comes and say makes you think did you make the right decision because now we're back in the UK you know all of her peers in her age group are at a certain level and she's down there now you start to feel guilty you start to feel guilty you know but um where does the will there's a way you know we did what we had to do we got private tut uh, tutors they were very expensive but they paid off and my daughter ended up getting accepted to a private school and i've never ever shared that in a public and it's the first time i've shared something so personal uh, to me she went from down here to up here, i.e. she was competing with her peers, and she ended up, by Allah's permission, of course, superseding them. And I was so proud of her, not the fact that she got into a private school, the fact that she showed that she was resilient, and it was a life lesson that, look, hard work pays off. There's no magic pill that you can just take and you can speak Arabic, or there's no magic pill that you can take and you're a successful businessman. It comes nine times out of ten you might have the odd person that's a fluke that gets through but we don't look at flukes in the real world mm. nine times out of ten you get you you reach um your accolades or your targets by hard work and determination that's it that is it and um she got she's, she's still there to this day she got into the private school and um my fears slowly started to diminished once I was back and I started to assimilate into society you know when they want they want to teach sex education and you don't think it's appropriate you can take your child out um on the flip side of that there are certain things that are outside of your control which to this day I'm still very very conscious about and that is namely when your child leaves your authority i.e the house in the morning and they go to school you cannot control what they do and the information that they're soaking. And I'm not only talking about from teachers now, bro. I'm speaking about from other kids because we don't know how other parents cultivate their children and what they teach is okay and what's not so okay, what, what isn't okay. So that is still um, an ongoing challenge, but um, it's part and parcel of living in the West. You know, we have to take the, the good uh, and the, the bad and we, make, we have to make sure that we have the mechanisms in place to combat those uh, negative um, uh, the negative uh, you know, things that they're exposed to, for lack of a better expression, if that makes of sense. 
You know, I think as a, as a parent, it's really powerful to just, to, to just know and be in touch with where you're raising your children. Now that, that's something really powerful because like, you know, for, to, to be in a place where you speak the language, you're aware of the different fitting that your children might face. Like even if you're in an environment sure. which isn't ideal Islamically, that, that might be safer in some ways. I'm not saying that it always is, but it, it might be safer in some cases than going to a Muslim majority environment where you maybe don't speak the language, where you maybe are vulnerable, where maybe you're yeah. not in tune with the different struggles that your children may face, where, where you might be ignorant to, to what, what things might be going on among other children yeah. that your children go to school to, go to school with and stuff. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's something that my wife and I wrestle with a lot because my, my wife obviously is from Somalia and she right. loves Somalia. Like she, she would go back anytime. Like she loves it there, mashallah. And, um, and obviously we want our children to have a strong connection with, with, with Somalia as well. And we want our children to speak good Arabic and stuff. And, you know, I guess we're in a position, well, like with my eldest Yusuf, he's only four, you know, so we're, we're, we're in a position to make some of those decisions now, I suppose. But, you know, so something that I keep on kind of proving to myself over the years is that when you make a decision, like you can't make a decision for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's a wrong decision. Mm. You know, like the, the, the outcomes come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if you've, if you've made the best decision with your goal of pleasing Allah azza wa jal, you can't make a wrong decision. You know, like even, even subhanAllah, you're mentioning how kind of, when your daughter came back and her kind of compared to her peers and from a purely academic perspective and kind of, um, you know, having some, sort of shaitan coming coming to you and kind of making you question that decision that you made that's yeah. um that that's that's quite profound subhanallah but but really like the, the the results are from allah like you you choose to make a decision purely for the sake of allah and the that you, you can't make a bad decision for the sake of allah you know that's mm -hmm. that, that's that's, that's quite the, profound you reminded me you asked me a question uh were, were there any uh, occasions where i wanted to quit and i mentioned uh, one occasion Another occasion that was, um, you know, among many, shall I say, actually, they're all flooding back to me, was leaving my daughter. You know, um, can you imagine the heartache that my wife, more specifically, went through? Because I've mentioned this on the podcast, or other podcasts, on other platforms, and I'll mention it again now. Going to Medina was my dream. My wife followed me as a, a loyal, supportive wife. Um, our daughter being diagnosed with Down syndrome and, you know, subsequently being born with Down syndrome was the Qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And can you imagine the, the difficult position my missus was in when she had to, ultimately, am I going to go and live in Medina with my husband and the other kids or am I going to stay back in the UK? That's a, a horrible decision and no, no mother should be put in that, that predicament but it was just the way things were at the time uh, for us. And had we not had a, you know, a very, very supportive, um, you know, uh, family uh, set up back home, I probably would have given up. I probably wouldn't have gone to Medina. You with me? Are you from um, a big family? Humongous. MashaAllah. Humongous. There's, I've, I've got, um, in my family, there's seven of us. In my wife's family, there's seven of them too. Alhamdulillah, my parents are both alive and my wife's parents are both alive. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, grant all of our parents and yours included, you know, long life. Um, and mm. for those of our parents who, you know, who aren't Muslim, uh, grant them al-Islam. Um, but that was tremendous help, Akhi. 
a tremendous help. So that enabled me, whilst it was difficult, and some days were harder than others, it enabled me to keep on with the mission. It enabled my wife to keep supporting me. Sometimes my daughter would come and visit us in Saudi. Sometimes we would go back during the uh, summer holidays or what we call Bain of Fasalain between the two terms um, and spend some time. It didn't ever make it easier every time we had to leave, but needless to say, it worked for the time being. Um, but any time, you know, can you imagine any arguments that me and my wife may have had whilst we were in Medina? And she's probably thinking, you know, I'm here for you and I've left my door. Although she's never ever said, she's never ever said anything like that. But it, we're human beings at the end of the day. When you sacrifice for somebody and somebody, you know, lets you down or doesn't live up to your expectations, you can't, even if you don't say it, you can't help but feel a certain way. So, um, you know, that was a challenge. Going through the fitting that, you know, you, you probably know uh, some things about whilst, I'm, whilst I was in Medina with other Tullab, it makes you just want to pack it in because you didn't sign up for, for that, you know. Mm. But again, all of the experiences that we go through in life shape who we are as, as people, the good, the bad, uh, and the ugly. And I suppose if you learn from it and you become a better person as a result of it, then it was good. It was good. I saw that um, that you were on our dear brother Imran ibn Mansour's channel recently. Um, That's correct. Did you enjoy that conversation with him? And how was that brother with you? Yeah, beautiful, man. I, I've, I've only ever seen him once uh, in person, but we didn't speak. He was in a masjid. And I think at most we would have just said, you know, salams from a distance. Uh, another occasion he was in Medina. Uh, and he, I think he came with a, a, a bunch of hujjaj or mu'tamirun and they were given a lecture in a, a restaurant we passed through the sorry not a restaurant yeah, it was a restaurant we passed through the restaurant but there were so many tulab and so many hajjaj we didn't even get a chance to see each other i don't even know i sorry i didn't know at the time he knew i was in the area or in in the building but when we had the the um the the podcast or the the, the conversation he alluded to the fact that yeah he knew that i was there from what I understood anyway. But yeah, I really, really enjoyed the, uh, the conversation. I was uh, very privileged that he chose to reach out to me and allowed me again to reach out to his um, people on his platform. And it, it was really nice, actually. I really liked the brother. We still haven't met in person yet, but inshallah, I do hope to meet him uh, one day, inshallah ta'ala. I love that brother for the sake of Allah. I've, I've, I've had the pleasure of meeting him a couple of times. Um, first time was, uh, was at a masjid that he goes to in West London. And another time was when he ran like a dinner for Revert Brothers. Um, that was in, I think that was in West London as well. So I had the pleasure of meeting him twice, actually. And um, first thing that struck me is how tall he is. Um, I didn't yeah, expect, okay. I, I, yeah. And then and I also met his younger brother, Sad, as well. Yeah. I, I, yeah, but, yeah. I love his brother, Sad, as well, because he's an Arabic teacher, too. So, um, yes. so at that dinner for Revert Brothers, I kind of grabbed him and had him for myself the whole evening. Because he's, he's a very nice yeah. brother as well, and then I also saw you on um, I also saw you on uh, Freshly Grounded as well with that brother Faisal Chowdhury. Indeed, indeed, indeed. How was that for you? It was beautiful, very emotional. Both both times were emotional because yeah. um, whenever you're forced to relive uh, any element of trauma in your life, it's never easy. It's never easy, and you know some parts of the trauma I would much uh, prefer to 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 forget about. Uh, a lot of the trauma. I ha I'm not over. So putting myself in a vulnerable position uh, to speak about it, especially in, in great detail, which I'm happy to do because I believe that there's a greater, there's something greater 
going on. Yeah. You with me? And I share the the experiences because it is very therapeutic for me. You know, I've got so much bottled in that every time I share bits and pieces, I feel like the load is getting a little bit lighter and lighter and lighter. I've shared so much, but there's so much that I still haven't shared. Um, I'm very open about my, my journey with cancer because I know I, I, for a fact there are people suffering just like I'm suffering. The illness might be different, but the, the, the pain is still the same. You with me? Yeah. You know, I feel like... I, I, I watch both of those conversations. And to, to be honest, I, I watch almost everything that you do, really, Echi. And like I, when I was, when we kind of agreed to have this conversation, I was getting ready for it. I thought to myself, like, like, it's so, it's so deep. And I like, like, I want to give you an opportunity to say whatever you want about it. But at the same time, I don't, I don't want people to only know our brother Ismail Beaumont as a brother who had cancer. Like you're an individual who's, Honestly, man, honestly, Achi, like, like, I don't know any other Arabic teacher who's as qualified as you and gives so much. Like, uh, I don't want people to forget that bit. Like, because uh, I, I, I see most of the conversation and I, I understand why. Like, I understand why they want you to, to, to talk about this trial that you're going through. I 100% understand it. But um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I wanted to kind of, because there's a balance. Like, I, I don't want to kind of have a conversation with you and make it look like I'm ignoring it or I'm not addressing it or I'm trying to brush it under the carpet because that's not the case. It's more that there are yeah. such such other things about about what you've contributed that i admire that i want to bring light to and i don't want people to forget about but i particularly wanted to ask you about those those two conversations because um obviously brother imran is a brother who i really love and as i said i've met a couple of times but face with charity i've never had the pleasure um actually when he started his youtube channel and he was quite early and he was just putting out content really consistently i reached out to him because i actually had a bigger audience than him back then would you believe um wow. back then so i reached out to him and i was like bro you're doing you're doing things out there <laughs> like, like let's let's do let's collaborate or something but um you know he got busy or whatever he got big famous now mashallah so i've, I've never had the pleasure of actually speaking to him but uh you know yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe one day inshallah i'll get the opportunity yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's a very very lovely brother and i said to Faisal, all right again i said to them i said to both of them and yourself as well Ahi, i extend the same you know invitation to you anything that you want to ask me i don't care how personal it is as it relates to cancer or anything ask me anything that i don't feel comfortable i'd say that bit is still a bit sore but i really don't mind um because like i said this is greater than me this is greater than me i don't know exactly what's going on but i feel there's something greater than me as ismail ibn isa Beaumont having cancer you know i think we've got you've got a good platform uh, Dawaman's got a good platform. Uh, Faisal Chowdhury, and if I'm fresh, got a fantastic platform. We can reach people and we can change lives, and we are changing lives. So, if, if, if we've been blessed with this opportunity, let's do as much khair as we can while, while we can. But I said to Faisal that, you know, when I got cancer, Akhi, I was deeply depressed, deeply depressed the first time round you know, deeply depressed. And I went through, um, you know, depression and that depression went into anger and then the anger turned into resentment. And I was really, at a stage I was really bitter. Why? Because, sorry bro. I'm so sorry, Effie. Got it. 
I was really bitter because um, at the time, anyway, not now, but at the time, I, was, I had expectations. And unconsciously, we placed expectations on people. And I think this is one of the biggest mistakes that we can do. Because the moment you place an expectation on somebody, you open up yourself and you make yourself vulnerable to becoming hurt. If you don't expect anything, nobody can hurt you. It's when you place an expectation on somebody, no matter how big or little the expectation is, for as long as that person or those group of people don't live up to their expectation, now you're left feeling low and you, you, know, you can fall into that, that dark place. So when I was in hospital, I was like, you know, I, I would consider myself to, have, to, to, to be quite well known in my community, but I was like devastated at the lack of people that reached out to me to come and visit me. I couldn't understand it. I'm like, guys, in my head, I'm saying, guys, do you know what's going on? Do, do, do you really not know what's going on? I could die. And all I could think about at that time, Achi, is that if I were to pass away, if I did pass away, had I passed away back in 2018, I would have just been remembered with a couple of Facebook posts and a couple of Instagram posts and some people would have made videos and some people that um, set up GoFundMe accounts to raise some money for my wife and some people that built wells and they would have done all of this. I didn't ask for anything. I just wanted you to come see me. That's all I wanted. Just to come see me and say, Ahi, Shafakallah. That's all I wanted. And I didn't get that. I didn't even get phone calls from family members. So I came out of that place bitter. And then, you know, the shaitan, like literally, Ahi, it was such a dark place that there was only certain few people that I would allow to get close to me. Everybody else, your existence was like you didn't exist to me because I felt that that's how I was to you. I felt that you guys didn't care, not you, but because but, uh, I don't think we really knew each other at that stage, um, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So I'm, this definitely isn't to you. So if I say you, I ain't speaking about you, Sam. But um, I feel like you, you guys clearly don't care if I die. So then I don't care about anybody else. I only care about those people that care about me. And it was such a destructive place to be in because I was on heavy medication, heavy drugs, highly addicted to one of them, um, which I've spoken about on another podcast. And, um, you know, I was just, I was, my body was failing me. I was just withering away to, to nothing. And um, I was also conscious that they obviously we know and everybody knows in the Muslim space, we have certain Muslim personalities that are famous. And I started, and I won't mention anybody's name because I do not want to offend anybody. And I haven't been commissioned to investigate what people's intentions are. You know, I stay far away from doing stuff like that. But I did get contacted now and again by some personalities. And I was just thinking to myself, you want views. Remember, I'm in a dark place, Achi. I'm in a dark place. I don't have any personal done at that particular time. I'm thinking, you guys want views. And I don't know, Achi, had they say, can I come and visit? I think some, some of them did say, can I come and visit you? They never came. They never came. And we make uh, excuses uh, for them, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But that's what led me into that dark place. So as I started to recover now, and I started to get back to my normal self, which took a long time, um, people started to reach out. Darman reached out to me. 
Faisal reached out to me. And in the beginning, I wasn't interested. I wasn't interested because it, I just, and I said this to Faisal in a, um, in a very, very polite diplomatic way. Not that I had anything against him because I didn't know him. I didn't know Dharaman either. We had had a conversation, but I just couldn't get, I was still battling my own demons. I was still battling my own demons. And to the point I realized that, look, at the end of the day, I've got cancer. I've got cancer. That's what it is. And instead of me looking at them using my misfortune, if I can even use that word, to get views, why not just change the perspective and say, no, this is an opportunity for me to share my story and hope that I can encourage somebody else to have a healthy diet or encourage somebody else who's going through a trial that I probably, really, probably wouldn't be able to reach ordinarily to have a positive outlook on it. And I just changed it, the, the whole perspective. And then as soon as I did that, I'm more open to work with anybody that wants to hear my story and will allow me to reach. And this is why I did it with Dowman, I did it with Faisal, I did it with this yourself. As soon as we start, my first thing is to say thank you. I don't look at it as you're getting views. I say thank you for allowing me to reach people that I can't or I wouldn't have necessarily reached. I choose to be grateful as, a, as opposed to have hate. I don't want to have hate in my heart for anybody, nobody, you know? And the more I start to feel like this, it's like there are certain things you remember from the religion that corroborate and, you know, um, encourage you, or in this case, myself, to feel like this. You know, the, the famous hadith of the man who, uh, the Prophet said, this is a person of paradise. So one of the companions followed him to find out what, 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 what's so special about you such that you're from the people of paradise. He followed him, he stayed with him, he realized he doesn't do anything special, no qiyam or layl, nothing out of the ordinary, except one thing, Akhi. It is easy, yet so difficult. Before he goes to sleep, he don't have no hatred or ill rancor for any of the Muslims in his heart. And that is such a difficult thing to do because when you're dealing with your emotions, it's difficult to separate yourself from them. And the reality is, we are not our emotions. Our emotions are a part of us. And the more I'm learning about myself and becoming more self-aware, and the more I'm embracing who I am, that's why I say it proud. I'm a cancer patient. People will be attracted to my story. It is what it is. I just say, Alhamdulillah, that Allah has allowed me to be in this position to give back in any way. I gave a lesson. Sorry, just to interrupt. I gave a lesson yesterday, today, Thursday, yesterday, Wednesday. Every single Wednesday for the past couple of months now, I've been giving a class on the Sifat Salat and Nabi Alayhi Salat Salat. Prophet's prayer described. So, um, I put out a, a message on my Insta. I said, look guys, class is gonna be at seven. And then at eight o'clock, I'm going to give you guys the results of my consultation with my oncologist. Maximum, at any given time, it would have probably reached 30 participants, i.e. 30 people logged on for the class. Alhamdulillah, it's khair. You know how many people logged on for the, um, the news about my cancer, Akhi? Take a guess. I've got literally no idea, Akhi. 120. Now, 120 people...
let me know when you're ready, bro. Yeah, cool. So yeah, so we're back on. Sorry, everybody. We, yeah, we just I, lost that day. Live with. I think we. Yeah, I didn't hear a word you said. Can I continue? So I've just got you back now, but I lost you for everything that you just said then. So so before we got before we got cut off, you were saying that 120 people logged on to hear about the update about about your cancer. Okay. Now, 120 is relative. When I went live with Darman, we had like 220, 250, but he's got like 40,000 people on his uh, Instagram. But for me, 120 people is a, a, a large amount of people compared to uh, what, how many people usually, excuse me, log on for my lessons. And I didn't feel any way because I didn't feel like, why are so many people coming? Uh, to hear this but only 30 people came from my, I don't, I don't it, it is what it is I understand the nature of mankind is that they, they, they like to they get attached to personalities they want to like they like to know about people's lives so for me it just is what it is you know and I've just accepted that I've embraced that and if you want to benefit from any Islamic information that I disseminate Bismillah Allahu Akbar if you want to benefit from any Arabic knowledge that I, I, ben, I, I disseminate, Bismillah Allahu Akbar. If you want to benefit from my journey with cancer, because you can relate to it, Bismillah Allahu Akbar. You so know, I just want, is... so I want to end with two things. Um, as your brother, I want to say, Shafaq Allah. I, um, I want to yeah. say that to you. And then I also think, on those things that you've just said, and something that I have kind of thought about a lot as well, like I... I don't know, like I, down here in Cornwall, I kind of have a position, it's similar in a sense that I'm somewhat well known, I'd say, in my community here. Like I, I have a bit of a journey, which, um, which a lot of people like down here. And, you know, Allah has blessed me in, in the way that it is, it is quite a beautiful story in that, like, like I embraced Islam when I was about 17 down here. Mm -hmm. And, um, and like, and then Allah gave me the opportunity to study Arabic and like about mm -hmm. sort of four years later, um, during the summer holiday when I came home um, like I went back to the masjid and I was asked to do the khutbah and um, when I delivered the khutbah like I made a point of walking down the minbar and standing in the same place where I took my shahada at the no. front of the masjid like normally people stand on the minbar there's a place to deliver the khutbah but like I made a point of standing in the same place I like, literally like a few years before and like throughout kind of that experience and you know like shaitan would love for us to be insincere. Like shaitan would love to attack our ikhlas and try to make us do it for something else. Because the, the nature of us is that, is that we, we're inclined to want status and to want fame. And that's a big fitna for us. And, 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 and through this, like, like I, you know, I, I ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect you and make you sincere. And because it, you know, like it, with something like this, like Allah gives us these, these journeys and these experiences that other people can learn from them right and that we can we can when we present them we present them in a way that don't focus on us like they focus on the story itself like wh whenever people ask me to talk about how i came to islam like youtube's full of these revert stories of people coming to islam like i yeah. always i always make like a really firm point at the beginning to say it's not about me like, the story's not about me like like the, the experience that you're going through it's not about you like it. it's about the it's about the situation and it's about how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can bring about a situation that guides people you know That's like the, with, with with my story to think it's about me is like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through his mercy reached his hand into the depths of Cornwall into a village that perhaps no Muslim has ever walked our beaches right 
and and chose my heart for Islam. How can we hear that story and think it's about me? How can we hear, can we hear that story and and you know praise me somehow? And 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 the same like I I, I ask I ask um I ask that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala give you sincerity and keep you strong on that because because well, yeah. Shaitan will come to you like Shaitan will come to you and will try to say look at these people who are interested in you. Mm-hmm. Look at these people who are interested in your story. Look at these numbers going up. Look at these views and stuff. And I would, I would hate, I would hate that Shaitan tried to take some reward away from you. So, so, so I wanted to say something about ikhlas, um, just to end, inshallah. For, but before we end and before I let you go, um, the floor is yours if there's anything else that you want to say. And um, just to give a final reminder about, um, about the Arabic course that you're starting at the end of this month as well. Just a final reminder so that people know where to go. Definitely. I would like to, um, first of all, you know, just praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for allowing uh, me to, to still be alive to this day, uh, to continue to do uh, what I'm able to do. Uh, and I've made a, a firm promise to myself and I've got a firm resolution that I'm going to, I'm going to, as they say in, uh, in America, I'm going to ride to the wheels fall off, Akhi. you know, no matter what my situation is, I'm going to try to remain positive and optimistic have good thoughts about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and pray that if he does choose to take my life, that he takes my life on la ilaha illallah Muhammad rasulullah alayhi salatu wasalam. And I am totally satisfied with that. I'm satisfied. Doesn't mean I'm over the moon. I've accepted that. You with me? Um, I want to thank you, Akhi, for allowing me once again to reach out to your, your beautiful audience. And I pray that inshallah ta'ala is the first of you know, many link-ups that we have. Um, I also would like to take this opportunity to, um, you know, thank my, my missus for being like instrumental in this whole journey. You know, again, like I said, you see me on the gram teaching Arabic or teaching Islam or speaking about my, my cancer story. You only see this. You don't see the, 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 the body of people actually, that's behind me, that keep me up, that keep me smiling. You with me? And I think that they also need to be appreciated as much as I appreciate them. Uh, and it's for that reason why I highly recommend that, you know, what, by the time you release this, inshallah, you should have some content up on our Instagram. Decor Mummy is the, uh, the page for 2021 or 2020, 2021 to follow. It's going to be incredibly inspirational. No one's heard how she feels. No one's heard her stories, her challenges, her fears her worries, her deepest, darkest thoughts. And I think it will be beautiful and so inspiring. Not only would it be helpful for her to get it off of her chest, but it would also be um, inspiring for other people that have gone through that. And everyone wants to know, how is the wife of Ismail coping? Because everybody always says to me, can we do anything for your wife? And you know, but she's not really out there like that. So this is gonna be a fantastic way for her to share her truth. And I'm so happy that I'm able to, and I meant to, when I done my live yesterday, Akhi, that, you know, it's last time I checked, it was like nearly 5,000 views, which again is unheard of for my Instagram. I, I meant to push Decor Mummy out there. I never had the, I just totally slipped my mind. But I said, today I'm going to do a, a podcast with Sam or interview with Sam. I'm definitely going to mention that. Um, for any of the Muslims out there that have children that are interested uh, in um, their child learning Arabic and Islamic studies online, or if you're in the London area and you're, you know, you're connected with Sam, 
then we do have content for kids, you know, a lot of content for kids. We have an online portal that deals with Arabic and Islamic studies in a child-friendly way. We've got worksheets, we've got, you know, uh, um, memorable songs, anashid, no music at all. We've got characters that your children will grow and love to develop a, a strong connection with because they recognize them. We've got fantastic storylines teaching the power of forgiveness and being truthful and, you know, the importance of Surat Al-Fatiha and anything that is pertinent in our religion, we have just, you know, produced or uh, what did you, what was the word that you said, like restructured or repackaged, repackaged in a way that your children will love and uh, adore. And um, we've got a fantastic deal on at the moment as well, Akhi, whereby I don't know if you've seen our mama and our baba dolls, they, sp they speak, you press one hand, they say some sentences, you press the other hand, it says an Arabic tanween song, Arabic alphabet song. You know, if you sign up to our online portal for the year, you get one of those dolls absolutely free, plus two of our, uh, our best-selling books. So we've got so many deals. We're just trying to give back. And that is one of the beauties that I've, I've, I've benefited from this whole uh, trial is the power of, as you said, Ahi, giving. The power of giving it is so fulfilling. I've had months, Akhi, with Mesor, where we've made thousands of pounds. And then I've had months where we don't make uh, that much money, but we give and I feel complete, you know? Um, and last but not least, yeah, as you mentioned, we have uh, the course at the end of this month, at the beginning of next, that anybody that wants to work on speaking skills, which is not only going to be a speaking skills, I'm definitely going to be throwing in, yeah, you know, uh, an adequate amount of grammar in there. It's just in my nature. Um, for £50, you can't really go wrong. And you get access once the course is finished and uploaded to the website, you get access to the content for life. So, um, you know, support us, guys. You know, we need your uh, support. In an ideal situation, we wouldn't charge money, but we have to feed our families. We have dedicated a stupid amount of hours, stupid amount of uh, funds as well, a stupid amount of you know years from our life in order to be in this position to give back to you guys. So um, you know, to deny the right to charge is to deny the right for us to feed our families, and and that's not fair. I've had those comments, you know, I've had those comments. You should be teaching for free. I said, well, you should be paying my bills then as well. <laughs> How about that? I'll teach you Arabic for free. You pay my bills. You, you put my kids through a, a, a private education, you know, and then we got a deal. But the reality is, you know, people wouldn't do that. And, um, you know, we spend how much money on the Netflix and how much money going to this place and restaurants and cinemas and holidays and stuff like that. Surely we can, you know, give back and help. Even if you don't want to study, sponsor somebody. Do you know what I'm saying? Or even if you don't want to sponsor somebody, just donate. Look, you've probably got this overhead for your internet costs or your electricity costs for the year or your printing costs. There's 100 pounds, there's 50 pounds, there's 10 pounds. It doesn't matter. Just help us because we need help, guys. We're small businesses and every little um, helps. Ladies and gentlemen, our beloved brother in Islam, Ismail Beaumont.